You're listening to True Parenting Audio, episode 55. Hey everybody, I'm Andy Smithson, and this is True Parenting Audio, the podcast where parents will find inspiration and practical parenting tips that not only change kids' behavior, but build powerful cycles of continuous growth in your family through the principles of teaching, relationship, and upgrading yourself. Thanks for joining us in this journey to be a true parent. On today's podcast, I'm going to share with you four exercises to increase your mental and emotional fitness. I'm going to share some thoughts with you from my latest article on trueparenting.net called, Are You a Fat Parent? But please don't be offended by that title. This podcast actually has nothing to do with your weight. In today's context, FAT is actually an acronym for some things that we're going to talk about in regards to our emotional and mental health and fitness and how that affects our parenting and our interactions and relationships with our children. I'm going to talk a little bit about FAT thinking and the alternative and then also share with you four specific exercises or practices that you can do to strengthen your own emotional and mental fitness. But before we jump in, I want to share with you a couple quotes uh, that I came across that I'm just, I really think are, are, are a great way to segue into talking about this emotional fitness and this thinking sort of fitness that we're talking about today. The first quote comes from Henry Ford, and he said, thinking is the hardest work there is which is probably the reason so few engage in it. And the other is actually an anonymous quote that I'm not sure exactly who said this, but I'm certainly glad that I came about this quote. It says, Most of the problems in life are because of two reasons. We act without thinking, or we keep thinking without acting. So like I said, this podcast is not going to be about our physical health even, or about your weight, or what you look like in a bathing suit, or any of those sorts of things. It's interesting to me a lot of times, especially in my line of work with counseling with individuals day to day, and working with mental health, and with parents, that so often we're very, very concerned about our physical appearance. And we spend a lot of time working on and stressing about our physical fitness and and what we look like. And we spend very little time actually working on our mental and emotional fitness. And this, to me, is kind of ironic because most of our parenting worries, regrets, and stresses come from failing to stay mentally and emotionally fit and mindful in our day-to-day parenting. It's hard to get around the fact that probably each one of us at one point or another has lost it. We've all had moments when 
We've suspended that good judgment and fallen prey to negative impulsive reactions, maybe with our kids, maybe with our spouse, or maybe just with people in general out in the in the public. Um, maybe when you're in your car on the way to work or standing in line at the grocery store. Sometimes our emotions gets, get the best of us. Sometimes those, uh, those impulsive reactions result in things like overeating when we're stressed, yelling or scolding when we're angry or resorting to some other ineffective sort of discipline or destructive punishment rather than truly teaching our children in the most effective way we can. And none of us are proud of this, but all of us have probably done it at one point or another to some extent. One of the things that I've noticed in my counseling practice, as well as in in my own personal life, is that awareness is usually the first step to any positive change. It's important to recognize that the tendency for us to flip out or jump too quickly to negative conclusions is normal, and it's, it's really kind of a natural survival instinct for us. And with that said, we have an incredible capability as human beings to override that automatic system in our brain and our bodies and choose something different. We can actually choose something much, much better. And in today's podcast, we're going to tackle what it means to mentally and emotionally be fat, so to speak, and what a better alternative to that is. And finally, four specific ways that you can train your mind and body to be more mentally and emotionally fit. What are fat reactions? Fat stands for feel, act, then think. If you think about the last time that you lost your cool, you'll probably remember that overwhelming feeling of fear, anxiety, or anger that came rushing in, and you just reacted. It's natural to have some kind of emotional reaction to things that overwhelm us and don't meet our expectations. One of the problems that arises when we find ourselves in these situations of where our expectations aren't met is that we rarely separate our emotional reactions from our subsequent physical or behavioral actions that often follow the emotional reaction. It's important to make the distinction between emotions and behavior. Name-calling, yelling, spanking, or other desperate attempts to force control are not anger. Anger's a feeling, and it's, it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to hit or to yell or to do those other things. And these types of aggressive and otherwise negative reactions tend to leave us with thoughts and feelings of regret after the situation has calmed down. And when we feel then act, and finally bring our thinking brain back online after the fact, our thinking often becomes defensive. We seek to rationalize or justify away our actions and continue to perpetuate the negative cycles that we've been in. Our thoughts at that point are backward thinking rather than proactive and solution-focused. What's the alternative? How do we find ourselves in a situation where we can actually think first? And so we're going to talk about TFA responding rather than 
FAT or fat reactions. And TFA, using those same, those same letters that we use to make up the word fat, are obviously just mean to think, feel, and then act. And this model is proactive and positive. There are many struggles we have with our children that are regular and recurrent. They happen all the time. Especially at different developmental stages, we'll have certain things that happen with our children at that time that, that go on over and over again. And we can anticipate them because they've happened before. Or it's just part of our child's regular development. And in these cases, it's important to think and plan ahead of time what you'll do. So provide reminders for yourself if you need to. You could do this with a contract on the refrigerator, a reminder on your smartphone, sticky notes around the house, an inspirational quote posted in a high traffic area of the house, or any other way that works specifically for you. The point is to think it through when your emotions are not the driving force behind your plan of action. During these moments, you can see other perspectives more clearly and consider alternative solutions rather than just that reactive sort of way of thinking and acting. When we think before the overwhelm, it allows us to see things as they really are rather than through our negative emotional lens. When our children act up or we experience overwhelm and stress, we're then equipped with the tools we need to respond effectively. We have the ability to have a dialogue with ourselves about our emotional reaction and reconcile reality with our emotional perception. At that point, we can then act by doing what will actually teach them what we intend to teach them, continue to build the relationship, and also continue to upgrade ourselves as people and as parents. We don't have to find ourselves in a place of regret and justification and rationalization, nor do we have to find ourselves in a place where we're repairing our relationship with our children or making continued bad decisions because we feel like we have to make it up to them. And I realize that we can't always anticipate and plan for every event that will occur, but we can train ourselves to think first. When we learn to recognize our big negative emotional reactions and utilize them as a sort of mental stop sign to slow down and think first, great things happen. The following four skills and practices are simple ways we can train ourselves to be mentally and emotionally fit instead of defaulting to be fat. So here are the four proactive ways to train yourself to think first and be more mentally and emotionally fit. Number one is to meditate daily. Learn to let go physically and emotionally. People say this all the time. They say, just let it go. But that makes sense to us physically, but we struggle a lot of times with emotional or mental things that we hold on to and we, we just can't seem to let go of. I've found that physical tension and emotional tension are very closely related. When we're having an intense negative emotional reaction, we're often 
more capable of letting go emotionally if we can learn also to let go physically. If we can let go of the physical tension or discomfort in our bodies, we can often let go emotionally as well and are more quick to forgive or to see the more positive perspective of a situation. It can be very, very helpful to practice something like progressive relaxation techniques if you find it difficult to let go of physical and emotional tension when it arises. And I often do an exercise with clients in my counseling office to teach them how to let go both physically and emotionally. It's helpful to close your eyes and take some deep breaths and calm your body. Then mentally imagine the source of your worry or negative feeling in some kind of physical form. It could be something like a ball or a box. It could be an animal. It could be anything. I've known people that have thought of it as a bird or, or some, other, um, some other animal like that. And mentally hold that thing, that negative feeling or emotion in your hands as tight as you can, and then envision yourself releasing it. Watch it fall from your hands or drift away. Take special notice of the difference you feel as you do that. If you'd like to learn more about guided imagery and visualization and progressive relaxation techniques, you can check out the True Calm Parent Relaxation and Self-Renewal series. Go to www.trueparenting.net slash calm. And you can check that out. I know that so many people have found that to be helpful in learning these skills of regular meditation on a daily basis. And each one of the tracks in that, that uh, relaxation and meditation series take you through a journey of just 10 minutes a day that you can take that break and you can learn to be more aware of your body and learn to calm and relax you're both physically and mentally and emotionally of, of all those things that are ailing you. So number two is to wait. Make it a general practice in your life to just wait. Learn to recognize and utilize natural negative emotional reactions as red flags that trigger us to pause and think. When you are extra overwhelmed, anxious, or frustrated, Identify that as a mental stop sign, so to speak. Learn to sit with it until you're able to remember your plan. Express the emotion constructively or release and resolve the emotion. A great exercise for you to do right now is to stop the, the podcast and go ahead and write down three things that happen regularly that, you're, that usually are you just react to and decide what you'll do when those pop up. Practice waiting patiently through them. When you're in the checkout line or waiting for your food at a restaurant, practice being in that in-between place peacefully. It's okay maybe even to be bored at times or just to sit and allow yourself to be. Notice what your body's doing, what you're thinking about who you're with. Notice the things around you and the sounds and the different stimuli that are coming in through your senses. 
and enjoy something or someone else while you wait. Just learn to wait well. Okay, so number three is challenge personal assumptions and perspective and consider other perspectives. Wow, is this one hard. People generally seek only to validate their own beliefs or their side of the story. And honestly, seeking out and considering the other side of an argument helps us to learn to think critically and not give in to the emotional automatic part of our brain. Think about what some of your biggest irritations are and genuinely seek to see your child's perspective on that issue. Don't jump to conclusions and assume what you think their intention and perspective is. Truly seek out to understand their perspective. This doesn't mean that you necessarily have to change your opinion in the end, but the practice helps us to improve our ability to decrease fat thinking, so to speak. And lastly, number four is to anticipate and plan ahead. And we've talked a little bit about this, but as we recommended in the rest of this article, create scenarios. Actually problem solve and set tools or a a specific plan in place ahead of time. It can be helpful to sit down with your child when you're both happy and thinking clearly and work together to find some sort of solution and make commitments to each other regarding what both of you will do when certain conflicts arise. You can draw a chart or picture together of what it will look like so that you can both deal with the problem in a positive way and post it somewhere in the house where everybody can see it. Let your child know that they can remind you of your commitment to think first and use specific solutions. Identify a code word or something together that will help you remember when things get hot. Make it something funny to help lighten up the mood during conflicts or problems. This is where you get to customize and personalize your solutions with your child. There's so many options to help us think first and keep our plan, but the most important part is just that we actually do it. That we actually sit down and make that plan for ourselves. It's so much easier to make a decision in the moment if we've already made that decision beforehand. It's so important for us just to spend a few minutes every day to prepare for mental and emotional stress. When we don't keep up with our mental and emotional fitness, we get fat. And this leads to greater struggles and stresses in the long run. And on the other hand, When we do keep ourselves mentally and emotionally fit, we're able to cope with the weight of parenting and life in general. And we feel better, our relationships improve, and our kids learn and perpetuate the cycles of mental and emotional fitness. And ultimately, this is our job and this is what we want to do. We want to teach our kids how to put patterns into their lives that will allow them to be mentally and emotionally fit over time. That when they have relationships as they grow up and when they have kids of their own, they can teach their kids the very same things that we're teaching them through our example and through the things that we teach them each day. 
So in closing, I just want to share with you a few other things that can enhance our mental and emotional fitness. One thing is just to read and to continue to learn and grow each day. Reading new material, learning new skills, and making specific goals and plans of action towards those goals can help our minds and our emotional centers of our brain to stay active and to continue to make connections that will help us to be more aware of what's going on inside our brain and our body when we need to be more aware and when we need to respond with kindness and gentleness and with wisdom. Regular exercise is also very important to brain health and to help us to be a little bit more emotionally fit. There's so much research out there that shows that regular exercise is a huge part of positive mental health and fitness. And lastly, one other thing that we can learn and do that helps to increase our mental and emotional health at a very biological brain level is to learn to play an instrument. Playing music is an activity that promotes integrated brain health more than almost any other activity out there. So I hope that these suggestions have been helpful to you and that you'll take them into your daily life and make a practice of putting these things into your daily routine so that you can be more emotionally and mentally healthy and strong and fit. And we can respond in ways that we're proud of with our children. And in turn, we can teach them the things they need to know. We can build amazing relationships and we can continue to grow ourselves. And I know that as we put these things in place that you'll have a much greater experience with raising your children and you'll be happier just in general. So again, before we wrap up, I just want to remind you if if you're interested in learning more about the True Calm Parent Relaxation and Self-Renewal Series, you can go over to trueparenting.net slash calm. Or if you just like to sign up for our newsletter and get the Quick Calm Toolkit, which gives you a, a little introduction to some of the things that you get in the True Calm series, as well as a couple different, uh, couple different worksheets and things to help you work on being a little bit calmer with your kids. So I hope those things are helpful to you. Again, if you ever have a question for me or if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can go ahead and email me at andysmithson at trueparenting.net. I always love to hear from you. And over at Facebook at facebook.com slash trueparenting. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being the true parents that you are and have a great day.